Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast for the week ahead here. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, trying to get our bearings on the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. Um, we won't do a long show tonight. There's not a lot of uh, seasonality data um, for this next week because we're kind of in between, you know, that we had the first day of the month and then we had the first Friday um, and then... Uh, we got a little bit of a lull week, and then we have a mid-month seasonality starting the next week. So um, don't have too much to go over, but we still have the monthly seasonality. And, you know, we did talk about small caps performing um, better for this month uh, because IWM was supposed to have superior performance over the SPY for the month of, of June. Yeah, 2. Uh, 6, as much as 2.6 yeah, to 1, yeah. Yeah, 2.6%, right? Um, and so we've already seen, uh, you know, we started this uh, Russell 2000 list, and we've seen some pretty good performance from the Russell stocks. I think what's important with, with the Russell is actually to, because the stocks are more volatile, you can drop your size per position and spread it out and actually touch more symbols. And I think that will give you the ability to do a lot better diversification, right? You can you can kind of cover a, a few more sectors, uh, maybe a few more industries within each sector. Um, so the coverage could be a little bit better. So uh, the stocks are cheaper, generally. They are more volatile, a little bit less volume sometimes, sometimes more volumes, depending on whether it's a stock in the vogue or not. But um, but it can be a great place to harvest some, uh, you know, some great ideas and, and uh, work with that. And um, I find that there's a bit of a difference between the performance of the IWM and the uh, TZA, which is the 3X inverse. Um, so they don't they don't match up perfectly at the end of the day. There seems to be some alpha either alpha or underperformance from the tza has that been your observation as well yeah it's been a bit screwy it has not yeah. tracked as nicely as the spider and the s p 500 for sure right um so um last year and the year before you know more more last year i think it was um amc you know because of what happened there it really impacted the iwm much more than it should have and actually some of the other ETFs that AMC is part of because it, it rose, it went up so much, right? Uh, so now that things have settled back down on that, um, you know, it's sh the IWM should track a little bit better with a diversified portfolio. So just keep that in mind. Um, I want to run through the futures here. So what we see so far is the Dow futures are up 0.37%. Now, what's interesting about all of these markets that we're going to talk about here is we had a week that was ferociously up, great performing week after many, many down weeks, right? Eight down weeks for the Dow and then an up week that was you know, significant. Mm -hmm. Since we did that, it had two down days, then it had an up day and then another down day. And now it's kind of sitting posed. It looks to me like it could have a bit of an up day. We could start retracing a bit of Friday's move. Is what 
is what it appears. It's up 121 points or 0.37% for the Dow futures right now. Um, looking overly just slightly positive. S&P 500 up 20.25 points or 0.49%, looking even a little bit better than the Dow. So signaling to me maybe a little bit more risk appetite. NASDAQ 100 is up 0.67% or 84 points, so even better than the uh, S&P. Um, again, the same thing. We've got that floor of one, two, three days below us, and we're looks like it's posed to kind of retrace Friday's uh, down day. Russell. Now, the Russell looks the best of, of all of them so far, but it's not up as much. It's up 0.49%, so not as much as the NASDAQ, but it certainly looks better because it didn't have that big of a down day on Friday relative to the other ones. So it performed on a relative basis better. And now there's not a lot of long distance to go to kind of clear our five-day high. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna note that the five-day high on the Russell futures is 1908.30 and um we're sitting at 1890, mm -hmm. so not not that far to uh, go and tackle the five-day high. If we break that, then we would go right to the beginning of May, May 3rd and 4th, which was matching highs up there. That would be the key, is the distance that we can travel from the five-day high all the way up to essentially a month ago matching highs, okay? So I, I like the prospects for the Russell 2000. I'm going to stick with that. Um, and the VIX has been slowly tapering down. We're back down into a 25.75 VIX. Um, so well off the highs of 35 uh, recently that we had in May. And um, yeah, I mean, it certainly could cycle back, but you know, it's it's slowly uh, moving down. So that's that's good. Uh, what else do we got? Energy. Now, energy's obviously been on a tear and continues to look like it wants to go and tackle where we came from, uh, from March highs. I mean, that's what it looks like to me, but I don't think it's going to do it in a straight line. It's up, up now. 0.84% for the West, West, West Texas and up 0.74 for Brent crude. Gasoline futures are up significantly, 1.39%. They're still on a tear. So don't expect the price of the pump to go down anytime soon. What is it now for you in California? Just under seven bucks, high six, 680, 690, close to that. Is anybody talking about it hitting 10 bucks a gallon? <laughs> is it, is it? <laughs> It's just this general disgust and lines at Costco, people trying to get that extra few cents out of uh, Everybody wants to go to Costco and get it in. <laughs> you can't yeah, even get that... into Costco. There's there's traffic coming out onto the streets, people desperate for gas purchases and hoarding food. I mean <laughs> I know. I mean, well, you know, and it's it's probably the same at every Costco because in my town it's the same thing too. Yeah. You know, can't find a parking spot. They it's they got a massive parking, you still can't find one. 
Yeah. You know, and then the gas lines, forget it. I don't even bother fighting that gas line. No. I'd rather ride my moped. No, I don't have one anymore. <laughs> I had one at one point in my life. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, now, this ethanol. <laughs> so, so Biden wants to put more ethanol in your gasoline. Hmm. What do you think about that, Dave? During a food shortage, let's, let's use food for fuel. That's brilliant. You know what bothers me? What? So did you, I saw this recent news um, article on the problems of food and migration and refugee status and stuff in Africa. And it's like, there's millions and millions of de displaced and hungry people, right? Mm -hmm. And and there's nobody says boo. You never see anything on on the news. You don't see any billions of dollars going over there for any type of help. Uh -huh. Right? It's all it's all Ukraine, Ukraine, right? Well, I, I get it. There's a war and there's just people displaced, but it's like it's not the only problem in the world. But there's there's very little coverage. Yeah. Have you seen much on Africa? I see nothing on Africa, and I'm sure that it's probably equal of a problem there or worse. Well, it's worse because of all, of all countries in the world that are facing the most, say, starvation or or even um, migration, people looking for anywhere, mm -hmm. um, displaced people. It's it, it, there's like eight countries in Africa that are that are serious, serious problem. Mm -hmm. with millions on the move and literally starving. Yeah. So, you know, this inflation problem, you know, has, has, yeah, it's, it's a great reset. Hey, what a reset. Yeah. Uh, we've gone backwards in time tremendously with lots of, uh, protectionism, lots of, uh, you know, just, I, I mean, you can't even list all the things that just bother me. What about you? Well, the markets have gone back in time, what, two years? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could bring out your statements from two years ago and compare them to now. Right? <laughs> well, you know, and we still we still might not be uh, out of the woods. Like like I said, we're kind of anticipating a bit of a relief rally, maybe even a rally into summer depends, you know, earnings season, things like that. Um, but it doesn't mean that we're we're down uh, or we're out of the problem. You could have a situation where we rally back maybe June, July, and then all of a sudden September rolls around, which is not a good month historically anyway. It's not one of the better performing months. It's actually one of the worst performing months. We roll into September and down we go again into the fall, right? Mm -hmm. And then we got the midterm elections and things coming up, so... Uh, it's going to be an interesting year, lots of different surprises. And, um, oh, you know what's a good thing on the news for this week? What's that? Uh, Amazon splitting 20 for one. Yeah, that should be bullish for the stock, right? Well, it, it can, and, you know, it may be, it may not be. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where usually when it's announced, uh -huh. it's, um, but this was for, uh, People that held it overnight on the 27th of May. So it's uh, 20 for one. It, 
But Tuesday, yeah, you're going to get you're going to get 19 shares for every one that you have, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that'll happen on Tuesday, and that that puts a price probably somewhere in the 120 range or something. Well, that's going to be great for for trading it again because it's kind of got to that place where, you know, some people still trade it, but I mean, it was really pricey on a on a just a per share basis in yeah. two, 2000 and it came down for 3000 but nonetheless um it'll i think it's going to be good because that that helps us hedge you know some of the retail stocks or you know even use it to, to go long it'll be a great price again for us yeah so that's the the big news for me of this week <laughs> is amazon split uh um, bitcoin's spiking here it's a four percent up i mean uh, that's a little risk on indicator as well well, usually on the weekends, uh, Bitcoin trades higher, and then during the week, when the stock market's open, it trades lower. It's usually been under pressure during the day session, mm. right? But on the weekends, I've seen it trade higher, and it makes sense. It's 24-7, right? And if those other markets aren't open, there's nothing to interfere or or help it but nonetheless it seems to trade higher on the weekends and lower on the week so we'll see and the correlation is is dropped tremendously uh from what it was before it's not as correlated to the nasdaq 100 anymore hmm. on the metals area um nothing much going on on gold silver um looks like it's a little bit better one day up one day down but slowly moving higher um copper's mm, pulling back a little bit last couple days uh let's look at currencies us dollar um off of its highs and kind of a bit sideways right now still around the uh 102 level on the dollar futures and euro dollar has been gaining a little bit of strength because interest rates are expected to rise in europe as well uh, so it's been gaining a little bit. Japanese yen still under big pressure down on its lows. Let me see how low that is. It is on its 20-year low right now, just about to its 20-year low, the Japanese yen. Um, see how the commodity-based currencies are doing. There was an article somewhere how the yen is the safest currency right now. The yen? Yeah, someone put that out this weekend. I don't know if it was gold or something. There was just an article that how the yen is the safest currency right now because maybe it's not too much. <laughs> well, well, I mean, they've been in 30 years of stagflation or whatever. I mean, it's it's the most depressed <laughs> currency. It's it's kind of the lowest. <laughs> I don't see anything. Well, actually, we've got. Uh, the British pound, the cable is sitting uh, just off of its five-year lows, which is also its 20-year lows as well. Um, Swiss franc is really good, solid. Australian dollar, that's doing okay. New Zealand, Australia doing all right. Yeah, so it's basically the British pound and the Japanese yen that are the most depressed of the ones that are on my list. So anywho, um, I guess that'll be it for us for today. Um, 
Don't sorry, we don't have too much for you. But next uh, week we can talk about mid-month seasonality. Yeah, we'll have more calendar stuff next week. And I mean, right now it's you know the the, the tricky spots are going to be the lover or concern with technology stocks still. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that the ones this last week, the stocks on my list that performed the worst were still high PE multiples, and the lower the lower PEs still have fared a lot better. I don't know if you noticed that as well. Um, that would be in the S&P 500, the Dow components, and the NASDAQ 100. But when you go into the Russell, a lot of the Russell stocks don't have earnings, and, um, and so it, it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue there. But definitely when you talk about the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500, the higher P multiples have been under more pressure or had just really bad days relative to the other stocks on my list. Yeah. So keep that in mind if that continues. Um, there just has been more concern for valuations. I mean, we are in the the time of uh, no more, uh, you know, free money, um, interest rates rising, the Fed's reducing the balance sheet, right? So we're, you know, this is now truly quantitative unwinding, you know, quantitative easing in reverse, as it were. So keep that in mind. Uh, Just, uh, you know, be risk averse still uh, and maybe maybe look for some nuggets in the Russell area against some of the uh, really overvalued uh, S&P 500 stocks. That could be some good trading that way, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good luck. All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye.